Welcome to Free Talk Live. You are, as always, welcome to join us here. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything that you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And joining you here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. And, of course, you can bring up anything that you want. Uh, We're going to talk about Sesame Street characters getting in on the propaganda for pimping vaccines, which is, of course, what you would expect them to do, given they are government-created entity, a public broadcasting system. Yeah. I mean, the government made PBS. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Uh, now, to their credit, they have gotten a lot of private funding for the shows that they yeah, have. Yeah, like funded by viewers like you. Correct. Yeah. So, in fact, at, at certain points, I think that they've raised, I don't know if it's PBS or NPR, but one of them, both of them are government agencies, effectively. I knew that NPR was. I guess I just never paid much attention to PBS. Yeah, me either. I thought that I didn't know it was government. Public broadcasting system. Okay. Uh, and of course, we know that the word "public" is a euphemism for government. Yes. Um, but I don't remember if it was NPR or PBS. But at one point, it had gotten to the point where they had ninety percent of their revenue coming from donations and sponsorships. Right? Because sometimes, nice. sometimes if you're watching their programming, it'll say sponsored by you know uh, Kia or whatever it is, and then they can't do a call to action in their sponsorship messages. There are certain restrictions that differentiate what's a sponsorship from a commercial. So they can't do certain things that commercials can do, but they can effectively promote a business, uh, on their airwaves and get revenue from it. But, uh, they were doing like 90% and only 10% was coming from taxpayers. So, um, you know, they could in theory, just cut the cord and then be their own independent organization, fully funded by their viewers and by their supporters. But nope, they are still getting funding uh, from the government, at least the last that I heard. Well, so, those who get money from the government, you know, for doing nothing, are hesitant to give it up. Well, I mean, they're not doing nothing. They're producing programming. They're producing content. And they're but producing they be- straight-up propaganda, especially in the case of NPR and, uh, and Sesame Street. I mean... It, Sesame Street seems to be innocent, right? Like, oh, well, we're just teaching kids how to read. We're just teaching kids how to, you know, to know their ABCs and, you know, basic important things that all kids should know. And it seems very unassailable. I, I don't remember anything about Sesame Street. I I, I may have been You three, must have watched it as maybe a kid. Maybe like three years old, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember any of the details about it. And I the, remember Elmo's World being like some kind of an acid trip. Uh, before I, Elmo was before my time in uh, in Sesame Street, but this is a, a program that has been around for decades. Wait, do you right? mean after your time? Oh, sorry. Yeah, did I say okay, before? Yeah, yeah it after was on when I was little. Yeah, well, well after my time. But uh, you know, and people have criticized Sesame Street for taking political positions on issues. I think they've been gone after for like being friendly to LGBT at some point or whatever, which of course is going to upset the traditional conservative types and and all that. Well, aren't Bert and Ernie supposed to be a gay, like, gay or something? Probably. They don't say that. It <laughs> no, just they don't could say be it. I mean, they could be together. hetero life mates. Yeah. 
But, uh, you know, all those things aside, I really don't care about LGBT people being on Sesame Street. That doesn't bother me at all. I have better things. I don't don't watch Sesame Street anyway, so I I don't care what representation is on it. I I don't watch Sesame Street either, but a lot of children do. And a lot of parents, they trust Sesame Street to some extent because everybody grew up with it. Just like, you know, almost everybody grew up watching Mr. Rogers. Uh, Even though he's passed away now, those episodes of that show just continue on forever because you know i mean regardless of what you think about the man's politics he taught some really positive good lessons uh now is he in pure too i mean uh pbs, uh, PBS yeah mm. i believe that was a pbs show as well what were his politics um i don't i don't know all the details about it he was a minister if i recall okay. correctly but i think he was kind of a left leaner if I, I again i don't know a whole lot about i mean his, his primary background. message was being kind that's so right I, I can't imagine too many people getting upset about it i agree with you that's why i say i i like a lot of the messages i've heard from him you know having seen a little bit of it in recent years there was a movie that came out where tom hanks played him i think a year or two ago uh, maybe it was like two years ago were, yeah yeah it was really uh, that was really good i enjoyed that that movie and i saw some of the clips of the old show at that time and you know again some valuable stuff and i'm not saying sesame street hasn't had valuable messages and also i suspect that if mr rogers were alive today he'd be doing the exact same thing it would be expected as a pbs broadcast uh program that they get on board with pimping these vaccines so Sesame Street's Big Bird character has his own Twitter account, and apparently Big Bird, according to one of the stories I saw, plays a six-year-old. So the, the hmm. character of Big Bird is supposed to be a child, I guess. See, the thing that confuses um, me about Big Bird having a Twitter, it's not just the fact that he's a fictional character. It's that mm-hmm. you have to be 13 years or older in order to use Twitter, According to yeah. their terms and conditions. I can't imagine too many people over the age of 13 who actually want to follow Big Bird on Twitter. Oh, I thought you were saying, and Big Bird is six. <laughs> well, well he's I, got- that's also true, apparently, <laughs> but that wouldn't be my argument. It's like, it's encouraging <laughs> six-year-olds to make Twitters and follow Big Bird. Yeah, I thought about the same thing because earlier this year, um, what are, Teletubbies created NFTs and their Twitter was promoting it. So I followed them and I was like, it's so weird that they have a Twitter. Like what six-year-old is going to want to follow them on Twitter? Also, what's, what six-year-old can afford an NFT? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> or wants one. These things sell for millions of dollars, some of them. I'm, I, I'm, I suppose there's some NFTs that don't sell for anywhere near uh, the top tier stuff, but... So the Teletubbies got in on the NFT craze? Yeah, kind of early, like when Ian was in jail, so like April or something. That still wouldn't inspire me to follow the Teletubbies on Twitter. I just wanted to see what was going on because they were like, it was, uh, they were like teasing it first and the first thing they put out was the Teletubbies all with laser eyes. Really? And it said like something is coming soon with like a Bitcoin symbol. It was really weird. That is so surprising. That's why I followed them. A lot of corporate America jumped on the NFT bandwagon. I mean, it was a huge thing. But they didn't jump on the laser eyes. And for those who don't know, the laser eyes thing is, you know, Bitcoin advocates set laser eyes on their profile pictures until Bitcoin hits $100,000. Which we're getting closer at a new record high today of $67,777.70. So six followed by a bunch of sevens. Uh, new record high, at least as of 10 minutes before the show, the last time I was able to check. Yeah, by the end of the show, it may be a new record high. Maybe 70, if we're lucky. You know, it could happen. Uh, But to go back to Big Bird, you were, uh, you know, you were explaining, like, your surprise, your shock at why adults, presumably, would be following this character. Well, he's got 
252.8 thousand followers on Twitter. So a lot of people follow the Big Bird account. Now, interestingly, there's... What does Big Bird talk about on Twitter? Well, that's what's actually interesting here. There's not really a lot of content from Big Bird. In fact, if you look at his uh, latest tweets, the one prior to the one that was posted over the weekend about getting his COVID shot was in March. Uh, and it's uh, about his birthday. So he's thanking people for his birthday me- for birthday messages. He had a couple in February... And then uh, prior to February, it goes back to August of 2020. So he's not the most prolific of tweeters. We'll just say that. Well, Pisces never are. Pisces? No, I'm just kidding. His birthday's in March. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, So anyway, what he said today, I got the COVID-19 vaccine today. My wing is feeling a little sore, but it'll give my body an extra protective boost that keeps me and others healthy. Ms. Erica Hill even said, I've been getting vaccines since I was a little bird. I had no idea. But that's not where... I hate everything about what you just said. (laughs) Oh, if you hated that, you're going to really hate this. Oh, oh, I'm still wearing because this is from my COVID vaccine. My mommy and my papi took me to get it this morning. Mm -hmm. Rosita, that's great. Getting the COVID vaccine is a great way to stay healthy. There's more. How did they come to that conclusion? This is an interview with the Sesame Street characters, multiple characters, including Big Bird, although uh, Big Bird wasn't doing the talking, uh, that uh, is all about pimping vaccines on CNN. So the characters are making the rounds. They're doing the media circuit. They're pimping the vaccine to kids and their parents to try to get them to get their children vaccinated from a disease that will not kill them at all. We're coming up. Talk live. The phones here are open. If you want to join us, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. At 603-283-6160. We are going to continue, and we will take your calls and thoughts about what you want. But I was playing a clip. It's not very long. I'm just going to finish the clip. I have a quick question yeah. first, because it just occurred to me. Were there any experiments to test the COVID-19 vaccine on birds? <laughs> I doubt it. I would also doubt it. Big Bird, you're taking risks here (laughs) without any scientific... Can birds even get COVID-19? Hmm. I I have so many questions. Didn't they have a bird flu at one point, though? Wasn't there a thing called bird flu, like, within the last two decades? Yeah. It's not the flu, Ian. It's something totally else. And this one originated in bats, but bats Mm. are mammals, not birds. So can it cross that species animal kingdom gap there? These are all fine questions, and I am not the right person to ask. But well, if you've Big got the Bird answer, should have the answer to these. If he wants to pimp the vaccine, he should have the science backing him. Some somehow, I don't think we're going to be able to book Big Bird on the show. I don't that, think that's that would be fun, though. <laughs> yeah, I suspect that uh, I suspect they're going to do their research and find out that uh, we are not on board with the uh, this whole vaccination mandate thing. And uh, that'll be the end of that conversation. 
They just will not let that happen. Uh, kind of like last night where the New Hampshire Democrats were vetting people who wanted to join their conference call. They had a special seminar last night about a 90-minute long infomercial promoting the Free State Project and yeah. all of its successes. Of course, they are all upset and afraid and scared about the future for New Hampshire with all these liberty-loving people coming in. They basically amazing. they were basically just saying, this is what the Free State Project is doing, saying exactly what the Free Free State Project is doing in terms that most people I think that I know would be like, oh, that sounds great. But they yeah. were saying it in a scary way. Like they started off with homeschooling. Oh, God. They said that. No. <laughs> Not letting parents educate their own children. Right. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. If you want to see that, you can watch it. Just go to freekeen.com. There's an article I popped up there last night with a link to uh, a lady, Carlin, I believe is her name. Uh, Dr. Karlin Borshenko, who uh, streamed the thing. So they were requiring that you got a, uh, like you had to fill out a form in advance before they would give you the link to the stream. So you had to tell them what your name was, what your phone number was, what your email address was. Now, I mean, in theory, you could BS them probably, but you still had to give a phone number. So they might have been doing like reverse phone lookups to verify that the numbers were actually who they said that they were, because these people are paranoid. I wish I'd known about this. I would have loved to have joined. I wouldn't have BSed at all. I would have just been straight up. Yes, I'm Arya Demet, so oh, a free man. talk live. Are you going to let me into your meeting? Yeah, I, I didn't think to even tell you about it. I was like, there's no way that they could find anything about it for if you Google my name, but if you Google Bonnie, my last name in Keen, the thing that pops up is my GoFundMe I created for you, so I'm pretty sure that they would have booted me. They'd be disqualified. But the uh, Carlin got in, and so she restreamed the thing. Nice. Because she's a YouTuber. So she had, like, Alu Axelman from NHX sit on there, and a few few people, like, commenting for, like, a half hour before it started. And then at the time it started at 7 o'clock, she just played the entire thing live. And, of course, people are chatting. And there was, there was almost 300 people watching her live stream wow. of this thing last night. So I suspect there were way more people watching her restream of it than were actually watching the, uh, the Democrats' original presentation. But we can't be sure because they weren't releasing the number and then- of how many people were watching theirs. While they were streaming, they were all shocked that people, free staters, were tweeting about it. They were like, so somehow, apparently, there are free staters uh, tweeting about this. So those of you that are watching that actually are Democrats and aren't just free staters here to make fun of us. And I was just like, why are they so shocked that their their vetting process let some free staters through? Like, all you have to do is lie completely, you know. Well, I doubt they even have to lie. You know, just tell the truth in a slightly misleading way. Well, as long as you're not a known quantity, you would get in. Yeah, just somebody. So if you're not like Carla Garrick or Ian (laughs) Freeman or somebody that can easily be Googled as a liberty activist in New Hampshire, they would have to let you in because they would have no reason to to deny you. Um, But it's very interesting. Basically, it's a 90 minute long infomercial for the Free State Project. It's essentially an it's just full of unintended endorsements by these people. And those are the best kind of endorsements. It's fantastic. They're going to the Free State Project is going to be able to mine this for clip after clip after clip of just gold. They just talk about all the organizations that we're involved in, like the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance and just all the different stuff like it's a decentralized movement. So there's a lot to cover. And they did their homework. Uh, you know, as, as they've been, they're obsessed with us, even though on the other hand, they like to claim that we're just this small little group and most people don't agree with us. And, you know, it's a, it's only their the only the reason free staters are getting elected is because they run when other people aren't willing to run for office. So at, people just need to get active at the beginning. They said there were about five thousand 
free staters then when they had like a question and answer thing at the end somebody asked around how many free staters are there the lady said it's the same lady who said 5,000 said around 2,000 it's not that many it was so weird it's like they wanted to make it seem like a big threat, but they also want to be like, but really, it's not that many people that right. agree with them. Yeah, the Free State Project is totally ineffective, which is why they're continually having these uh, seminars about what it, you know, what it is we're doing here and why we need to be aware and why more people need to know about it so that we can be stopped. But we're really just small and ineffective and... Right? I don't think most people in New Hampshire care to stop the Free State Project. I the ones who aren't on board with it just don't care one way or the other. I want to go to your phone calls and your thoughts. Again, check out freekeen.com. You can see the, the full video there from last night. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting. But let's bring Dave Ridley on, and then we'll get back into the Sesame Street thing. Uh, Ridley, you're on Free Talk Live from RidleyReport.com. Uh, are you guys familiar with the New Hampshire Committees of Safety? Yeah, um, the very interesting group. Pretty pro-freedom uh, friendly. They're... Uh, they had a declaration of independence that they did early this year. I attended in Concord where they declared independence from the state of New Hampshire, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yet, an, yet another New Hampshire micro-independence. Right? It's mm-hmm. like not a week goes by when there's not somebody withdrawing from something or claiming to, to you know, support independence or of some sort or so that was the one that happened, uh, yeah, a while back. Uh, but they're, they're in the news again, or at least they probably should be, for something that's going on with them now, and that's their lawsuit in the before the uh, New Hampshire Supreme Court. What, what is, is the lawsuit? lawsuit? So they are going after, it looks like, uh, how do they put it? They're, they're asking the question, quote, may the Speaker of the House or the President of the Senate, with no authority to do so, exercise the powers and discretion of the legislature, unquote. They're talking about the state Senate and the state legislature uh, and the, the Speaker of the House. So they're claiming that they were making decisions without, that they're not, that they're, that are, that are outside their authority as individuals. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so that's, I don't know when that's going to be, but if you want to, if you want to keep up to date on when they're going to be in court, it should be at cosnh.com. Okay. Um, what I want to know is whether they uh, are supporting New Hampshire independence or not. Have you heard anything about that? Well, I reached out to two people. Daniel Richard is a COSNH person, and it sounded like to me he was pro-New Hampshire independence from the union. Okay, good, because um, when I talked to Dan earlier him. this year, he uh, he wasn't as clearly in favor necessarily, and so maybe he's moved his position in the last uh, several months, which is certainly possible. Well, if they declared independence from New Hampshire, you got to think they'd probably be willing to declare independence from the federal government. Yeah, I would think so, too. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate the call tonight. That's Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. We've got time for you. If you want to join us here, the number 603-283-6160 can take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. When a lunar observatory detects a radio broadcast originating from Proxima Centauri, the nations of Earth discover their first contact with an alien race may also be their last. With the Proximans facing an extinction-level disaster, Earth must choose between sending a ship on a multi-year journey or allowing nature to take its course. Saving Proxima, a hard science fiction thriller by Travis S. Taylor and Les Johnson. From BaneBooks.com. It is Free Talk Live, and you 
can bring up anything here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live brought to you by Bitcoin.com. And that is where you can go to learn about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Click Get Started at the top of the page, and uh, you'll be able to do that there. You can watch the introductory video that you'll see, and that gives you, what, three minutes long, I think? It's not very lengthy. Uh, it'll go over the basics of crypto and the things that you need to know about why this is important technology and why it is changing the face of the world of finance now, by the way, with cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, and thousands of others, the total market cap has now eclipsed $3 trillion as of a little bit earlier today. Uh, that according to CoinGecko.com. So get on over to Bitcoin.com. This is not a technology that is going to be disappearing uh, anytime soon. It's probably going to be with us for generations. So once again, Bitcoin.com. They also have the latest news headlines over on their news site at news.bitcoin.com. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts, plus more about the Sesame Street characters making the media circuit to pimp vaccine uh, obedience to small children. So that's happening. We'll get into that. But since we're talking briefly about Bitcoin here, I do want to pull up. I've got a chart pulled up here. The total global market cap for all cryptocurrencies combined so this is bitcoin this is you know the top what percentage of, of that is bitcoin though uh, i think it's around 40 let's see here 41.5 percent wow ethereum is about 18.6 percent of it so between the two of them that's the majority of of that and then the, sure. the rest of them make up the rest but i just wanted to see like when did we cross these thresholds looks like the first trillion dollar market cap for uh, for Bitcoin and all of the other uh, cryptocurrencies combined. Actually, I'm surprised. I figured it would be sooner than what it's showing I here. I would guess 2019. No, it was actually January of this year. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's enormous growth within cryptocurrency in within a single a year. year. And then the second trillion came in April of this year and the third trillion today well she be new in just one year went from like nothing to now 30 billion or something like that yeah, yeah. she be so. news had an interesting track uh so anyway we could talk more about cryptocurrency i just wanted to see wow when was that first trillion i also was like you aria i figured it was a couple of years back but no yeah i figured it would have been in the uh the seventeen thousand when bitcoin hit twenty three thousand or whatever it was for the first time I figured that would have been the threshold, but this year, that's even more impressive because that means the cryptocurrency market cap has grown by more than $2 trillion yeah, this it, year. It came close at the end of 2017 when it when it first, uh, that was when Bitcoin hit its like $19,000 then record high, but it only peaked at around $852 billion, so it didn't quite make the $1 trillion mark. God, that's further away than I remembered it being. I thought yeah. the... That particular experience with Bitcoin was like 2019. Evidently, it was 2017, though. <laughs> nope. Uh, so we go back here uh, to your calls and thoughts. Doc is on the line calling from an anonymous place with a lot of cats. Doc, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you so much, Ian and Aria. Uh, I needed uh, Bonnie's here, too. I, yeah, I needed all of those prompts. So, facts. So, you guys are trying to trace back... 
the Bitcoin thing, and your memories are like, oh, I thought that was happening. So my process is I write everything down that happens to me that I think is even remotely important with dates, and that's how I'm going to introduce myself uh, tonight, if you don't mind. Does, does that track? Okay. Okay. So the Spartacus document, uh, this is huge. It's, it's a real thing. It's big. It's a big deal thing. And unfortunately, you kind of have to be um, a genius level IQ with a ridiculous amount of education that is highly specialized. And unfortunately, because the elites are interested in keeping us stupid and keeping us enslaved, ridiculously expensive. Um, luckily, I got the cheat codes. and Okay, I'm hold on. What is the Spartacus document? I, this is the first I've heard of it. Okay, so um, if you don't mind, I'm just going to walk you through my process because I, I think it's important to educate people on what works for each other. So on 9-2021, um, I felt like there was this feeling where uh, the collective people who don't suck were trying to figure out this conspiracy and there was this idea being floated and I learned about this um, and it shocked me and it's horrifying that apparently there is a Freemasonic death cult and there's symbols everywhere and there were all these people trying to figure it out and uh, so then on 9-27-21 at 10.30 a.m. I had just finished the big one and I had chills um, the Spartacus document so I know you guys reference Zero Hedge a lot um, uh. Okay. I, when you, I don't know if I should ask these questions. When you say you just finished the big one, what does that mean? You uh, you um, lit no, up a ask, big joint ask away, and dude, I, ask away. This is why I'm here. This what is, is why I'm, <laughs> I'm doing this. So, what um, does that mean? Spartacus document. So here's what happened. I had just sat down, and I need to inform your readers. Just pause, readers. So I read. I don't listen. Um, I have severe ADHD. Uh, okay, so I'm going to so, try to keep you focused here, if that's, that's the case. I, that's, yep, that's uh, why you know So, that's Doc, why. what I need <laughs> yep. you to do is, instead of taking us through every step along, whatever your process was, okay. just summarize what this document is and why we should care about it, without okay. going off Thank into the world you, of the Ian. Masonic Order. Thank you, Ian. Okay, so the Spartacus document on Zero Hedge is 15 pages long. And it walks you through all of the ways that um, the COVID-19 conspiracy is a real plot by an evil elite to enslave humanity literally forever. And it sounds like total uh, conspiracy BS. No, it it sounds sounds obvious, obviously true. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this for the last... Two years. I mean, it's pretty clear yep. that this is a global is. conspiracy because they're almost all doing the exact same thing, with the exception of maybe Sweden and Belarus. Uh, there's very few places on the planet that aren't playing by the clearly the same playbook. And as in right. the governments are doing that, not even the, not even like the people, but the governments are doing it. Oh no, it's not the people. The people don't want this. But what I well, some people do. They're lining no, up to get uh, shots. Very, it's terribly sad, but I don't want to talk about that. What I want to talk about. If you don't mind, um, the reason I called is that I have something that I am unsure if anybody else on the planet actually has, and that is this. The actual Spartacus document is a 41-page PDF file Mm -hmm. with links, 
and I mean all of the links, all of the primary literature, and it contains their description of their process, walking us through step by step, okay, well, so... We know it's an endothelial disruptor. How does, oh, crap. Okay, so here are the links for that. Okay, well, we think it's doing this. Okay, well, the ventilators, oh, God, that's why they're doing that. So, yeah, I'm looking at the document here, and it does appear that about half of this document is citation. So when you get to page, I don't know what this is, 16. So, yeah, so more than half. So yep, there's a 15 half, pages of pages. The, the letter, and then the, the rest of the 30 something pages is literally all it's, references so you're yeah, saying this is a very well researched document it gets into some of the science it gets into to the you know the medicine uh about what's actually going on here but doc right. what do you have that nobody else on earth has well um my brain uh pick it uh, if, if you don't understand something ask because this is silly we, we don't need doctors to be priests that's not what the good doctors signed up for. But unfortunately, the the priesthood class urge in doctor people... Here's what I want you to do, Doc, okay? Um, we're going to bring you back for just a moment on this, but I want you to pick, because I realize you're, you're kind of scattered. Uh, this is overwhelming for you. There's, there's a lot of information here. Give me the top two points that you think people should take away. Like those who can't read through all the medical stuff and that you know they're going to get lost. What are the top two things that they need to take away from this? So we'll bring it back and you can give us that answer, hopefully. Coming up, this is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. At 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. Want to make sure you know about Intercoin as well, a sponsor here on Free Talk Live. They are now available on their first centralized exchange at xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. We've told you about how Intercoin can help any business or organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. Well, Intercoin itself is raising some money with their investor token right now, and it's now available over at xmarkets, exmarkets.com. You can sign up for just Using an email address, you can keep your privacy intact. There's no know-your-customer requirements at exmarkets.com, which is pretty awesome. And you can then deposit dozens of uh, different cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, trade them for Tether, and then use the Tether that you get to buy ITR, which is the Intercoin Investor Token. You can learn more about the Intercoin vision over at intercoin.org and buy or sell ITR on exmarkets, exmarkets. Dot com. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. We go back to Doc. She is calling from somewhere anonymous and uh, is concerned about this letter that has come out, which the first I've heard of it, but apparently Zero Hedge covered it. And so I went over to their site and found uh, the actual documents, 48 pages, 15 of which is the the argument or whatever, the the paper itself, and then the other 30 plus pages is all references to some of the claims that they're making and uh, this is a very medical looking document there's a lot of you know sciencey stuff in here and and doc you're somebody who apparently can analyze this and it's easy to get lost in a in a 15 page medical document or whatever but i wanted you to maybe if you could sum up 
what you would say the two key takeaways are from this document uh, for our listeners out there who either are not going to take the time to read through this or if they do try to read through it, may get a little bit lost in uh, scientific sort of details. Okay. Thank you for the prompt, Ian. Uh, Basically, the take-home message that I want your listeners to have is this. Yes, it all tracks. Yes, it's all real. And yes, the most important words are the part at the end where they say, no, no, you do not get away with this. We see you, and you will not win. And yes, I misquoted it, but that's the important part. I love the sentiment, but everything that I've seen suggests that they are going to get away with it. They're not. They're just not. They're simply not. Who's this? That's Aria. Aria. Hey, Aria. Um, They're not. They're just not. You know why? Because people like you and me who are creative types, we're just going to counterbalance that by going, no, that's not what we do. Sorry. We're going to make art and music and have fun and just reject the programming, and I'm giving the middle finger to an invisible enemy right now, but reject the programming that the bad... LRN.FM I'll let you go. I like the sentiment that you should reject that programming. I I don't think being... uh, Thinking to yourself, it it looks like there's a lot of them. They win. It it helps anything. I, I think that just having that hope that humanity will, you know, hold on to its humanity and not let this thing happen, which I agree with her, is real. This conspiracy. You're saying the conspiracy is real. The conspiracy is real, obviously. All countries are just going along with the same thing that makes no sense, according to the data and the facts. I agree with you that, you know, it is a nice sentiment, but based on what I can see, I mean, more, I think 56-something percent of Americans are totally okay with the with the vaccine mandates, the last I checked, mm. which is at least enough of a majority for them to get away with it if they really want to. But we have Bitcoin. Well, crypto. Well, I mean, having Bitcoin and crypto is certainly good. It's going to protect you against inflation, probably. Well, we um, so but what's going to happen when you can't go to the grocery store without a proof of vaccine i just think that the government we're we're going to die i just think that the government really is going to completely collapse i just don't think it's going to exist like my entire life well i definitely appreciate that optimism i i want that to be the case bonnie i don't know if that will be the case because it seems like people a lot of them really want to be governed and that's one of the things that was made clear to me in 2020 because I used to be one of those libertarians who was like, oh, lots of people are libertarians. They just don't know it yet. I don't think you have to be a, a libertarian for the government to collapse. You just, the government makes itself collapse. Yes, I but, agree with that. I think the American government is likely to collapse fairly soon. But then the power vacuum will be filled with something else. That's just the, the nature of the way things go, because that's what people want. They want a strong man. They want uh, a big daddy to tell them what to do and make them feel safe. And just look around you. There are still people out there walking down the street all by themselves, people under the age of 30, I've seen one within the last 24 hours just walking around by themselves wearing a mask. I've seen people driving around in cars again wearing masks Still, by themselves. Not again. It's well, been going on. There was a period on. where 
it, it seemed to happen rarely enough that it wasn't happening, or at least I wasn't seeing it, seeing it, but it's, it's fully back now. On Halloween, we went to Walmart, and that day I noticed way more ma- masks than normal. It was like it came back, like you're saying. Yeah, so, I mean, what I see, I mean, and then we're talking about the live free or die state here, where there are purportedly more people who understand independence and freedom and things like that. And I'm optimistic generally for New Hampshire. I am. That's sure. why I'm still here. That's why I'm, you know, continuing to move this message forward, because I think that we are in a time where we're seeing differences dividing people in a way that is actually something we need to have happen. So I actually saw a clip today, Alu Axelman posted from libertyblock.com. He posted something on his Twitter account about a link to like a 20-minute long clip from what appeared to be some sort of a, I don't know, conference that they, some of the conservative types were having. Not in New Hampshire, it was somewhere in the, in the U.S. And there were like six different big conservative types that were on the stage. Uh, Candace Owens uh, is one of the ones I recognized. And um, Ben Shapiro. Who was that? Ben Shapiro. No, who is Candace Owens? Candace Owens. I've heard the name. She's like before. a black uh, conservative girl. Okay. Really conservative. Yeah. Oh, from Turning Point USA, right? And uh, red, maybe. red pill something. Red I don't know. Pill I don't know where they're from. I just I've, I've recognized them as like conservative commentators. So they had all these guys on the stage, and the and they were taking audience questions. And so somebody said, you know, what do you think about secession? And they they proceeded to spend twenty minutes uh, talking about this. Now, while, of course, some of the conservatives were of the mindset of, no, we need to take it back and we need to shove our viewpoint down those liberals' throats, that perspective was, of course, on the stage. But there was one guy's name, I think is Matt Walsh, uh, and he seems to be a, you know, a right-wing dude. I've also heard that name before. Yeah, I'd heard his He's name. He's like I'd, Christian. I'd seen him on, on Twitter. On an, you know, some people will sometimes share his posts, but he was spot on on this particular topic. He was saying... You know, people need to uh, to move to places that are more like where they are, or, you know, their their mindset. And he specifically called out the Republicans in D.C. as being do nothings when it comes to making the government smaller. So he was he's, he's right. He straight straight up said the Republicans will not do anything. They have never done anything, and this country is done. Which is and, exactly why the Hillsborough Democrats on that conference call last night want the Republicans to go back to the way they used to be. Why mm. Why would Democrats want Republicans to go back to the way they used to be? Because they well, used to be ineffective. That's right. They used to be racist, homophobic, transphobic people as well, and that's not going to be the case if you have a bunch of libertarians running as Republicans, because... Mm. Libertarians tend to not care about that kind of crap. But I got to say, I'm with Aria on this one, Bonnie. I don't have your same optimism for you know the destruction of the of the state. I think that the That's... U.S. government will fall as all governments fall over time. But people want government. That's because you're programmed by the shows you watch. Like I'm always telling you and Lee and Captain, I'm not going to watch libertarian message shows that just basically program you to believe what they want you to believe. I'm just looking around. This doesn't have anything to do with watching a show. It has to do with observing what's going on around me. And what I saw in 2020 as this pandemic, quote unquote, was uh, was, you know, spreading. I saw tremendous levels of obedience, more than I expected. You know, I expected a larger pushback and it didn't happen. It didn't happen at all. I have high hopes for New Hampshire. I do, honestly. But the rest of the U.S. or the rest of the world, I 
it yeah. looks really bleak. It's, yeah, it's not looking good. But that's all we really need is just one bright spot. I don't have any expectation that we're going to have more than one truly free place on the planet. Now, maybe eventually that will transpire once we can show people that freedom actually works better on all these things. It would no longer be a pie-in-the-sky concept of, oh, well, we think freedom will work better. We can actually prove it in the same way that the free staters are proving that libertarians concentrating in one geographic area actually works. There's more coming up here in moments. Free Talk Live. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. And are you optimistic for the ideas of freedom? Are they going to take hold worldwide? Uh, Bonnie and I were discussing it a little further there during the news break, and I think we came to more of an agreement of you don't necessarily think that it's going to be you know all across the United States. Maybe not in my lifetime. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't see it happening on planet Earth, to be honest. Um, I mean, it, I think that what could happen is when we get New Hampshire to be a much more demonstrably free place, You know, whether it'll be a true free market or not, you know, who knows whether we'll see that in our lifetime. But maybe that'll happen eventually. And then maybe we'll be able to show the rest of the world, hey, this works. You actually have more wealth. You have more freedom. You, um, you know, you that these are beneficial things. The roads are actually better. You know, when you look what happened with Sweden and their COVID response. So the rest of the world would just ignore it, and the media wouldn't talk about it. Yeah, but like even in North Korea, where they're like propagandized since they were born, they still find out in some way or another about the outside world and fight. You know, risk their entire lives to get out of there. They do. Some some of them do, and that's the thing. We don't need everybody. Okay, in order to get to wherever it is that we want to get to. And, and I think we just want to, and I, I can't speak for you guys for sure, but I, but I know that a lot of people in the freedom world want to live free. Yeah, I just want to be left alone. Right. I'm and, not hurting anyone. Just let me do my thing. And there are enough people who th- still believe that in the world, in the U.S. and the rest of the world, to come to the same place, New Hampshire, and make it into that. That is possible. That is doable because New Hampshire is a very small place. There's not a whole lot of population here. So a few tens of thousands of folks uh, that move in. We've got maybe several thousand that have, you know, that are here as like part of the Free State Project and or non-joiners of you know, like you, Aria, you never signed up for it, etc. But you still love liberty and you moved here. 
Um, so people like that. That's how successful the Free State Project is because I'm not the only one yes, who ended up others. here because of the Liberty Movement. But I had never heard of the Free State Project before I came to New Hampshire. Yeah, and there are actually other people who moved here just because they, they saw it as a freer place. And then they found out about the Free State Project. And so there's a lot of uh, stories like that. But th- this is possible. This is doable to turn this little part of the world, this basically no not much larger than a big island, uh, into a relatively free place and and then be able to live your life and be left alone. And then all that it needs to do, Bonnie, is reach the right people and get those people to come here. And then maybe at some point, somebody can try it somewhere else. And then there'll be two places you can go to. Maybe it'll be the Mariana Islands or who knows what, you know, what'll end up being someplace in Honduras. I know um, I've heard that Mark wants to do something down there. I don't know if that's Mark official. Mark Edge's Freedom Kingdom. Yeah. And the <laughs> King world, Mark. The world is only getting more and more interconnected. It's getting easier to share messages with people thousands of miles away. Not, it's never going to, I don't think it's ever going to reverse and get harder or back to, you I know, agree with you. the And po- that's why Pony we Express exist. Days. That's it. We owe it to the internet. Right. The reason why the three of us are sitting in this room right now is because of the Internet bringing the Free State Project together. It was 2001 when that was created on a Yahoo group. Wow. Wow. That was what brought the Free State Project into existence. Humble beginnings. Yeah. Jason Sorens began with for for kids that don't know Yahoo groups were just simply email glorified email lists that Yahoo, you know, they had a graphical interface for. Essentially, you could go and add people to the list, send messages, and it would go to everybody on that list. And they were talking about this Jason Sorens idea. This is the guy This you know, he did a lot of research and he said, oh, you know, we looked at the Mormons going to Utah and he looked at the. Uh, That's one of the best examples of how this can be successful right like yeah. the I, and i saw something about this on facebook earlier today that really got me thinking that if the mormons weren't you know focused in utah they would be in negligible non-issue and the same right. with the amish in pennsylvania and kentucky they'd just be a cult somewhere yeah yeah when i lived in utah this girl said one time she said you know i i realized that uh <laughs> Mormons are like a huge majority in Utah, but outside of Utah, they're probably only like twenty percent. And I was like, dude, Not they're even. like less than one or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, any you never Mormons hear about offhand. Mormons outside of Utah. She Let's, just didn't know. I want to go to Sam. He's on the line here in Ohio. Sam, uh, you wanted to weigh in. Go ahead. So, uh, I've when I've been traveling around the community here in Ohio, I always talk to some people about NHX, and they're always the response that I often get is them thinking that if it were to happen that you guys would get invaded by the federal government (laughs) what does that say about them that you know the only reason that new hampshire should stay in this horrible relationship is true fear is pure fear and so what i keep telling them at this point from hearing one of your other hosts talking about if it was a libertarian state you'd have different little reactions uh is that basically, I think most likely, if the feds were to do something, they would just blockade you like North Korea. Well, they might. The I mean, reason, I'm not saying it's impossible, but the the PR disaster that would, would result terrible. from that. It would be terrible. You have to remember, they would then be blockading their loyalists at that point. Because oh. let's, let's presume that uh, that New Hampshire votes for this, right? Let's, let's presume it gets on yeah. the ballot. 
whether it's 2022 or 2024, but it gets on the ballot. Or it gets, 2030 or whatever. It, I, th- I think it could get on the ballot next year. It's, I, I tend it's to agree. Possible. Um, now, but I'm it, saying, what, but, what's the likelihood of it passing, though? Uh, I would say it could pass as well. There's a lot of pu- um, you know public discussion, from what I can tell, about this. Uh, the people that, that are talking about it seem to be fairly positive on it. There was, uh, there was an unofficial poll, a sci- unscientific poll, that garnered over 70% voting in favor of of secession, which of course you know is unscientific, but then there's also a scientific poll that was done that shows that 68% of New Hampshire voters are thinking the country is going in the wrong direction. So that to me says they are ripe for an alternative and ripe for a solution. But anyway, let's presume that this gets on the ballot and it passes. Well, in order to pass, it has to pass with over uh, two thirds, so roughly 67% of the uh, the New Hampshire voters. And so that would presume that there would then be like roughly another 30 percent, unless it was a 90 to 10 percent. Let's just presume it was just the bare minimum. Then you've got 30 percent of New Hampshire that is loyalists. 30 percent of New Hampshire wanted to stay in the union. Are they going to bomb or blockade those people and starve them to death? Yeah, I see what you're saying. They wouldn't want to do that for the PR disaster. But then at the same time, look what they did to the Americans of Afghanistan. They just left them there. I mean, that was like not 1.6 million people, though. But I'm just saying, like, what does it matter to them if their citizens die? Well, you're right about that. I mean, ultimately, they don't really care about their, quote unquote, their people. The United States has bigger issues on its plate in the coming years than New Hampshire declaring independence. They're going to be busy dealing with China and Russia, man. The European Union didn't blockade Brexit. Oh, I see what you're saying there. And also, Afghanistan is so far away, the average American person isn't going to stand up in the streets and start protesting about that. But yeah. they might if we, uh, they got, you know, if New Hampshire got bombed. The people uh, even in, like, Texas might be like, hey, this is wrong. Right. The people in Afghanistan that were left behind, quote unquote, were, what, a few thousand, maybe? Well, right? and what I, I don't mean by bombed. I just mean by, like, they no longer allow trade to come in from the rest of the United States into New Hampshire. Yeah, I mean, that's a really excessive uh, thing. Are they going to shoot down our planes? How yeah. would they convince everybody that we're as bad as, new, uh, you know, new North Korea? Right. I mean, they let trade come in from Mexico and Canada. I mean, why would they choose to cut off people that are likely related to them, right? Like, you know, the. Because they could argue then that you're terrorists for wanting to secede. Well, well we wouldn't want to see. We At that point, we will have already seceded yeah i mean they can say obviously whatever they want to do but the reality of it is is people have relatives here you know there's people that they know i mean i understand some people some people in the u.s don't even know where new hampshire is but there's probably some chunk of the population who knows somebody in new hampshire and cares about somebody in new hampshire has a family member uh somewhere in new hampshire and they're gonna know that they're not terrorists and further you have to remember new hampshire seceding from the united states isn't going to happen in a vacuum There's going to be other people talking about doing the very same thing at the very same time, because as it starts to ramp up here in New Hampshire, and if you want, Sam, we can continue the conversation here in a moment, because these are important objections that people have about this. you got to remember, I was just talking about this conservative uh, group. There are these six or whatever conservative commentators on a stage in front of, I don't know, thousands of people talking about secession, and like one of them said, secession is inevitable. So... Whether it's New Hampshire, Texas, California, Florida, somebody's going to go. What's going to happen?
It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. And don't forget, you can join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com. We've got a social media website that... Boy, I just feel so bad when uh, people keep getting deleted off of Twitter. That's the one social media besides our own that I'm allowed to use uh, by my probation officer because you and I, Aria, were on pretrial, uh, various different restrictions on a really stupid uh, situation called the Crypto 6. Uh, you can go to thecrypto6.com to learn more about that. But you can I am, also now go to bitcoin6.com. Oh, cool. Uh, I am allowed to use Twitter, so I, you know, I'm, I'm on there looking and seeing what people are saying. And like within the last three weeks, three fairly large influencer types have been completely wiped off of Twitter. You know, no warning whatsoever. Just their accounts are suspended or deleted or whatever. I don't know. Maybe they'll come back. Maybe they won't. Uh, and you know the response is always like, "Oh man, f this, f Twitter," and you know no one ever actually leaves Twitter. No, they say this stuff on Twitter. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then there was one time that a bunch of a uh, bunch of the Liberty people there were actually trying to tag Twitter support to beg to have them reinstate their favorite uh, tweeter who had been removed. And That's it's sad. like, like guys, the solution has been there for years. There is an open source self-hosted federated system called mastodon that you can join or if you want you can start your own you don't have to have somebody else run the server for you if you know how to run a server put up your own instance and then you're in control then you can have your buddies join your server and then as long as you know what you're doing it can run till time immemorial um and so we've got one it's called social.freetalklive.com uh, we weren't the first. The, there was Liberdon, Liberdon.com, which is still out there. They're still running. And, and so, our server is actually connected to Liberdon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I believe our server is connected to, um, I presume, every other Mastodon server. But I don't know for sure. I mean, I think that people posting on Liberdon makes it appear on our server or something. I'm not sure Maybe. about the level of connectedness there. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But you can find, you know, if you know the username or whatever of somebody else on another Mastodon server, you can find them through ours and then follow them. You don't have to be on the other server to follow that person because it's, again, it's all connected. It's a pretty cool system. And so, you know, if you're getting sick and tired of being pushed around by big tech and these uh, mega corporate platforms, then join Mastodon. Head over to social.freetalklive.com and you've got a solution there. We go to ba- uh, go back to Sam. He's bringing up some of the objections that, you know, a lot of people bring up. You said you've been having conversations with people there in Ohio, Sam, about what would happen when New Hampshire uh, declares independence from the United States. And, of course, you got the standard issue objection of, well, what about if the military the invades? What's that? Specifically, I believe they're always referring to what if the military invades is because of the civil war that was clearly lost to the South trying to secede at the time, and they think that the federal government is just going to rerun that same playbook, basically. And it's understandable why people think that way. They've been beaten by uh, this this criminal enterprise, and they've been made to believe, because the criminal enterprise runs the government schools, uh, they've been made to believe that this is the way it was, and so therefore it will always be that way. And there's no reason to believe that that will be true this time around, because we're going to do it peacefully. I mean, just like 40 or 50 years prior to the Civil War, 
The United Kingdom was press-ganging American ships, kidnapping sailors, taking over its ships, and forcing them to fight for it. Now, we, we could ask the same question. What, what, how do we know the U.K. isn't just going to start taking over our ships today? Because things change a yes, lot in 140 the years. The time changing creates a different culture. Another yes, big exactly. difference between the Civil War is there was 11 states that wanted to secede. I think that'd be so much more of a big deal to the federal government. They'd be like, wait, these 11 states can't secede. But if just New Hampshire wants to secede, they might cut their loss. Well, plus, the you know there was the whole thing about firing on the fort. And that is kind of arguably what started the Civil War was ostensibly. And some people say this was a false flag, by the way. So there's some interesting theories about uh, the uh, the South, South Carolina fort that was fired on ostensibly by the South. Yeah, Fort Sumter. And so we're going to do this peacefully, okay? So that's an important difference, yeah. is we are simply declaring, it's over, we're done, breakup time. And that's going to be different. But they, think, oh, they think, even though you're doing it peacefully, and I've explained that, that they think they don't want you to leave bad enough to where they'll just fight you anyways. Well, I, I, I don't care. I, yeah. I, I don't care. If I want to peacefully leave a relationship and they want to attack me and fight me and kill me for that, great. I, fine. Bring it. I don't want to be in that relationship. I'm not going to stay there out of fear. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a cowardly position for these people to be taking. They're admitting how violent and scary the federal government is, and they're also admitting how cowed they are by it, how frightened they are. Like, oh my God, what? they might get hurt. Well, yeah, the federal government is dangerous. There's definitely some risk. They I mean, are kind of aggressive. Yeah, I'm not going to say any of these things are impossible. I, I'm writing them off as unlikely, and I would say I would dare say highly unlikely because of, as you said, Arya, the PR would be absolutely terrible if they actually invaded, bombed, or blockaded their former territory of likely family members and friends, relatives who live here still in New Hampshire and, you know, starve them to death, it doesn't make any sense. There's just no way that they would do that. They they are monsters, but they still have to worry about their public image. Yeah, I can't imagine even even Dick Cheney or George W. Bush or anyone saying, oh, no, we're not letting them secede, invade them or blockade them. <laughs> Drop the bomb. Nuke them. <laughs> like, even the most evil and heartless of these people that I can think of, I just don't see them saying crush them. Did you get any other objections, Sam, or was it primarily just straight-up fear uh, of I've, the federal government? I've also got the objection that, like, dropping expired nukes on you guys as well. So yeah, that's so, so, completely so, unbelievable. They would nuke us? Wouldn't a nuke um, <laughs> destroy D.C. as well? Well, it would certainly it would certainly create fallout amongst, uh, you know, like Vermont. Like New York City, where they um, have a federal, yeah. and Boston, where they have yeah. federal FBI. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen either. Sam, I, thanks but, for the call, man. Huh? Oh, Go ahead. Specifically ones that are no longer active, like to act like they're doing it, but it's like see if they explode still or not. I, I'm I, amazed that any that American any citizen <laughs> thinks that a realistic outcome of this is the United States government dropping nuclear weapons on New Hampshire. <laughs> are you serious? What is wrong with these people that call themselves American citizens that that's know, their man. go-to response? Thank you, Sam, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, but I, I love the fact that they're, the conservatives are out there talking about secession. I love that, that there's Californians who are really advocating for it, uh, that people are saying – the conservatives that I was watching in this clip, they were saying things like, vote with your feet. They were encouraging people to move, like conservatives, move to Texas, move to Florida. Yes. I'm like, yes. Move to those places. I yes. put a poll on my Instagram – and I asked, 
each state, if you live in this state, would you vote to secede or stay if it was on the ballot? And all of my friends that voted in Texas voted secede. Nice. Wait, wait. Wasn't oh, wait, there except one that one. said stay? Yeah, sorry. Except one. All right. But still. I think New Hampshire is going to be the first to secede. I mean, we've certainly got the momentum. I, I think it's possible. It's it's easier to do from a political perspective here. Yeah. Like the Texans, for instance, they get a lot of coverage because they're big, right? Everything's bigger in Texas. But so they Including get a lot of the ego. Yeah, they get a lot of news coverage when they get something going. But the thing they had earlier this year was just a bill that would have put a referendum on the ballot. So if the referendum passed, it would only be like an advisory thing. Like, okay, government, you ought to look in the beginning to think about doing this now. Not the same as what we're doing. We're actually doing a secession resolution. When Monster Hunter International discovers one of Isaac Newton's wardstones being auctioned off, they decide to steal it and use it to destroy the Chaos God once and for all. But a mysterious thief upends their plan, and it soon becomes a race against time as something much older and infinitely more evil awakens in the jungles of South America. Monster Hunter Bloodlines by New York Times bestselling author Larry Korea and Bane Books. Visit MonsterHunterNation.com for more. It is Free Talk Live. Phone lines are open if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, it's Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. And if you want to learn more about New Hampshire exiting the United States, head over to nhexit.us. It is a, a website which has some of the news uh, some of the headlines, some of the things that are happening here in New Hampshire about New Hampshire leaving the United States. What are some of the you know the news coverage? Uh, what's uh, they, there's actually a debate that I'm going to be posting there over at nhexit.us that Alu Axelman did with a guy who just got clobbered. Uh, <laughs> the guy that was supporting the empire in was this, this debate, Peter. Quinones or whatever his name no, is. No, 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 no. Um, the, Peter Quinones is a podcaster. No, okay. this is uh, a, this debate actually happened in New Hampshire. It was in the on the seacoast in the Shell at the Shell, which is a Liberty Club in the, on the seacoast. They had, had it happened what like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, or something like that. Finally, the full video is uh, is now out. I uploaded it to the Odyssey, the Freekeen Odyssey channel. So it's actually already there. If you want to go to the if you want to go to video.freekeen.com, I just haven't posted it over at nhexit.us quite yet. They but, voted and he won, and of course, yeah, it's a big Liberty. Alu group won. The guy that, who's in oh, yeah, favor sorry. of. Um, and it is a, a liberty group that was there voting sure. but i feel like anybody would have said that he won because the other guy was just rambling and it made no sense yeah i i don't know if, I the don't other know guy if was... you'd get a yes vote at the quill you know not, not all libertarians are necessarily on board with secession well supposedly this opponent was actually in favor of the empire like i had asked Alo, i was like was this guy like actually in favor of staying with the united states yeah or was he's he a just... libertarian too it wasn't like it was a uh you know random guy from the democrats yeah or was there. he just taking the position for the sake of debate because sometimes that happens sure. in debates right uh, but from what i understand he actually believes it but man i mean the best he had was the the, the fear-mongering stuff you know which is pretty typical yeah, so, and that's not a good reason to stay in no, any it's relationship. Terrible. Uh, let's go back to your phone calls and thoughts, and then we can come back to the topic we started the show with: the Sesame Street 
vaccine pimps. But Dale is on the line in North Georgia. You're uh, back on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Dale. Hey, man, you know, uh, as far as seceding, uh, I have a lot of uh, sympathy for you on that. I'm the uh, great-grandson of a Confederate States private, and uh, what you would be looking at, I think it would be like with Georgia with our voting laws that we just established. Uh, You're going to have the cancel culture coming after you full-blown, you know, they took away the uh, all-star Major League Baseball game from us. You will have banks shutting down because uh, they're going to unleash. I mean, the deep state, D.C. Well, we don't need unleash. their stupid banks. I, well, there you go. I'm just saying. The I'm banks are going to close anyway. Do it because <laughs> of that. But be prepared. It's going to be like, oh, well, we're just going to pull out because you guys are, you know, and it's going to be the media, the onslaught. I don't know if they I agree. can't be too vicious. And cancel culture and all of that can't really come out after us for one reason. We have a tranny. I, uh, beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm just saying get ready, you know. Yeah, well, and they I are know kind of trying ready. to come out already. Just, Look, I don't think banks are going to close. I mean, ban- not yet, right? Like, we think Bitcoin's probably going to take down the banking establishment, likely. Well, yeah. if New Hampshire secedes, at least in New Hampshire. Businesses are going to pull, and that's going to be, I mean, I know. I don't think you know, so. I, mean, I, I think it might happen. Like, people I'm that wrong. just don't want to be in New Hampshire anymore because. But Walmart's in Mexico, you know, like Walmart's in uh, yeah, other countries. Yeah, but Mexico countries. isn't, uh, you know, some big group of people questioning the establishment. I wish Walmart North cares West about Georgia money. Subdivide out with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to cost money to shut down those stores that are making money. If they weren't making right. money, they already would have closed them down. It just economics says no. Well, those stores are going to stay here and they're going to keep operating. We have hospitals firing twenty percent of their staff when they're already overworked. They're, they don't have I to make know. sense. They never make sense. Economics also goes further. Not only will they not close, but the number of businesses that will start. In New Hampshire, oh, yeah. as a think, free and independent market, I think that's the thing to look strong at. Strong through the storm because they they will threaten and try to bluff you. I, I, you you've got the right. They're already idea. threatening us. It's going to be a torrent, you know. Of mm-hmm. uh, 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 you know, MSNBC is just going to be. You know, Rachel Maddowing you to death on stuff. But yep. no one watches that. Yeah, what do we care what she no, says? No, people do. And I I agree with both of you simultaneously. I think that I'm, this is going to happen with Dale, the way Dale's uh, saying it. But the thing is, we just won't need the people who fall for that crap because we'll have, like, we'll be building a whole new system. Well, getting yes. Getting rid of the old one. And I we're like attracting it. people here that are like that, Bonnie. The people that you're talking about. The people who want to build something new. The people who don't, what, they want to stop fighting over Washington, D.C., fighting over control over these national organizations like the Libertarian Party. The the lady that was uh, uh, that was airing the video last night, Carlin, Dr. Carlin Boroshenko, uh, she was posting on uh, her account on Twitter today about some dr- drama in the Libertarian Party. And I'm like, that is a total waste of time. There's no point in going to the Libertarian National Convention and fighting over the National Libertarian Party because every minute you spend fighting over them is a minute you could have spent actually working towards New Hampshire being more free. The only reason to go to some sort of event like the National Libertarian Party or whatever other you know convention uh, might be happening out there is to recruit them. 
is yeah. to work the crowd and convince the ones that can be convinced, the ones that might be on the fence, the ones that are at least open-minded to making a change uh, to their tactics, that concentration is the solution. Dale, I, I'm not worried about it, man. I'm really not concerned. You know, well, it's time. I'm glad. I'm not, I was just, I don't know. I just thought I was listening and I just was wanting to call in and throw in my, you know, yeah. not to discourage or to put it down. Just it's going, you've got a hard battle and I think, you know, it would be a beautiful thing. You know, you know, I've got land up here in the mountains, about 13 acres, you know, y'all can have a little vacation cabin here. <laughs> one up, one up, get away. I mean, I'm all for it. But it's going to That's be the a, thing. There's going to be a lot of people outside of New Hampshire whose opinion is, I'm all for it, who want us to be successful, who are going to be cheering us on, and the most hardcore are going to move up here and they're going to join us uh, if they love liberty. You know, if you don't love liberty. Well, I can't move, man. We, we've got our moonshine in here. And, hey, uh, brother, that's know, cool. You stay right where you are. It's all good. It's all good. God I mean, what you. possible argument could people have for not wanting us to secede other other than fear? You know, people are, okay. oh, we're, we're all for it. Okay. Hey, what about I the people who argument? aren't all I'm for it? I'm afraid they'll say we want to keep 50 states and then they'll bring in Puerto Rico or D.C. <laughs> and then That's the fine. rest of us will be screwed. Not my problem. Yeah, you're going to be screwed either I way, know. man. <laughs> it's not my problem. Uh, God thanks, bless you. Thanks, Dale. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um, that, you're that's absolutely fine. right, though. And the more I look at it, the more just stark the difference is between the Free State Project and the National Libertarian Party. I mean, these people are fighting over absolute nonsense. Yeah, it's so And libertarians stupid. here in New Hampshire are like, hey, you're a libertarian? I mean, all right, let's do it. Right. Let's take over the Republicans. <laughs> because that's ultimately what this, by the way, this, uh, we mentioned in the beginning of the show, there was this 90-minute-long infomercial that the New Hampshire Democrats in Manchester put together. No, it's Hillsborough. That's the county in which uh, Manchester is. So I, I suspect probably they live in oh, Manchester, but yeah, Hillsborough County. I can't um, wait to join the Democrats. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, so anyway, what they were doing was the whole thrust of the presentation. I mean, there was like an overall kind of speech about what the Free State Project was and all the the things that it's involved in, like their members are involved in, etc. And it was very well researched, except for the when they claimed that there was like a bunch of Coke money and a bunch of like private money that was being Coke brothers. Oh, Coke brothers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys say Coke brothers, not Coke money. <laughs> I was like, what? This is the first I've ever heard of that. Uh, but there's like a lot of secret libertarian Well, like, they sponsored the money. Chapstick at the Porcupine Freedom Festival one year. Yeah, but they're suggesting that there's like a bunch bunch of money that's actually moving people here that is actually paying people to move here and i'm sorry that's total conjecture complete conspiracy theory but a lot of what they said was actually pretty accurate and the thrust of the whole meeting the overall theme was the libertarians the free staters are taking over the republican party and that oh my god we better let everybody know about this so they can stop us What are you going to do about it? 603-283-6160. Well, they actually had a segment about that, and it basically boiled down to vote harder. (laughs) Good, so they have no plan. Yeah, they really don't. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones are open if you want to join us here. The number for you, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And by the way, Free Talk Live brought to you by a, a, from what I can tell, pretty new on the scene cryptocurrency hardware wallet, the BitBox. 
And uh, we're going to be giving away three of the latest versions of the BitBox very soon. And we'll tell you some of the details on how that's going to work in the upcoming days. Uh, but what is it? Well, it's it's a hardware wallet. And for those of you that know a thing or two about cryptocurrency, you know that that's the best way to store crypto. Uh, it's one of the most secure methods out there to do that. But some of the problems with the other hardware wallets are that, well, they're not open source. So you don't really know the code that's running on that little piece of hardware. Bitbox is completely open source, and that solves some serious issues uh, that the other ones might have. You can go to box.freetalklive.com, and that'll take you to the BitBox website. You can order your own BitBox there. Use code FTL, like Free Talk Live, for a 5% discount. You don't want to keep all your cryptocurrency on your phone. That's a very, very risky thing to do, especially if you're starting to amass some larger amount of it. Uh, so look into the BitBox. Head over to box.freetalklive.com. Again, use code FTL, like Free Talk Live, for a 5% discount. That's box.freetalklive.com. We go to Dominic in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live, Dominic. Hey guys, um, just wanted to say um, I'm counting down the days until I make the move to the Shire just over nice. four months Yay. ago. I'm really excited. Congrats. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm calling tonight. Um, so Hold on, you're I'm coming a, here I, in the middle of like February? That's when you're choosing to move to New March. Hampshire? Okay. The end of March. Is that a bad time? No, that's, le- no, that's, that's way good. less bad than like January or February would be. Okay, cool. Um so I'm actually going to play devil's advocate for a moment. Every once in a while, um, governments and central bankers are honest. I found this article from BBC News, and um, it says, Bank of England, sorry for rising cost of living. <laughs> I think that's an absolutely hilarious headline. Is that yeah. their central bank over there, the Bank of England? The Bank of England, yeah. Okay. It says, the Bank of England governor said he is very sorry that UK inflation has risen and forecast the cost of living could reach as much as 5%. I'm very sorry that's happening. We didn't want it to happen. And at the very bottom of the article, <laughs> it says, and I think this is actually a Dartmouth professor who's talking about it, mm-hmm. but um, he says the central bank really hasn't a clue what is going on. And he said, this is a really big, uncertain world, and everyone should tread cautiously. I'm afraid I have to say you have to take what the governor, that's the, the head of the um, Bank of England, and the Monetary Policy Committee with a very large pinch of salt. How can they not know what they're doing? I mean, I don't they know what they're doing. Yeah, they of course they know. To. That's the whole point of the central bank is to be able to debase currency, is to be able to crank up the printing presses and reward their friends and punish their enemies and, you know, inflate the money supply. and Keep everyone buying. down and keep everyone poor. Yes, it's exactly. Not them. They, that is precisely the point of these organizations. But you're right in that they are occasionally honest. I mean, the devil will tell the truth if it benefits them. Mm-hmm. Mind you, that's a very British thing to say, sorry. That never happened in this country. Yeah, that's a good point. They're not going to ever <laughs> apologize for inflating here. They'll they'll pretend like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. It's just temporary. That's Inflation's a good thing. They'll yep. pretend not to know what it is, too. Yeah, like, yeah, that's right. What, what is inflation? <laughs> oh, it's going to go down. Don't worry. Inflation's going to go down. Hey, uh, anything else, Dominic, you want to uh, say tonight? Yeah, um, I was... So me and some friends were talking about, like, taking a, a vacation somewhere in February, and... 
Um, I was thinking about Anarchapulco, mm. and um, on doing some research, I came across that it's like the second, it's like the number two murder capital of the world. I mm-hmm. wondered, um, since I know you've been there before, what has been your experience at Arcapulco or Arcap- and Arcapulco? And I think I also read that there's like a freedom community there. So I was just curious in hearing about that. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I think I went for three years in a row. I don't think I went to a fourth one, but uh, the only reason we didn't go to the fourth year was because there was an issue with the organizer and it just didn't it didn't pan out, sadly. But um, I never felt that I was in any sort of danger being in uh, in Acapulco. And mind you, we did travel into the city on um, on multiple occasions and in, in many cases on foot. Uh, so, you know, it's not like we just stayed on the resort where it, you could stay if you wanted to. So, like, if you're really worried about this. Uh, you can just stay on the resort and they've got, you know, armed security at the front gates. And, you know, there's very little chance that some you know, drug gang or whatever is going to come in there and and uh, shoot the place up. I mean, that's just not very likely. You know, the, the violence that happens in Mexico tends to be regarding drug cartels. And they're not just going to go target some rando uh at a at a party right like they're gonna go after their enemies the family members of their enemies the family members of the police or whatever it's not as likely to going to be targeted now there are you know in any place in any big city where there's poor people and desperate people obviously there's still a chance that you could become victim of some sort of random thing right so i've heard rumors that it's not uncommon or it's probably still uncommon but it it, it's not unheard of that uh, somebody might get You know, you get into a cab and then all of a sudden you've been kidnapped because they want you to they're going to take you over at uh, knife point or something to an ATM and demand that you pull out money and give it to them. And, you know, then they leave you or whatever or they they hold you for ransom or, you know, there, there is obviously a chance that something like that could happen. But that could also probably happen to you in New York City or Chicago or something like that. So, like, I just because sure. a place just because a place has a high rate of murder officially doesn't mean you have a chance, you know, a large chance of getting caught up in that. I just think it's overblown personally, and that's yeah, just it's my all about drug cartels fighting and killing each other. Yeah, for the most part. But again, that's not to say there's no crime. I mean, you know, if you're on the streets, uh, Mark Edge, our co-host. Uh, when he was in Las Vegas, he got robbed. <laughs> I love that story too. by a woman. I'll quote robbed. I've never heard by, it. So by a hooker who said he refused to pay her. She oh. came up, snatched his glasses off of his face. I like oh my, my interpretation of the story better. And demanded. She saw him walking with a, a suitcase right down the. Uh, you know, he had a suitcase and he's walking like a tourist. You know, down the the, the strip or whatever. And she uh, she snatched. Uh, actually, no, I think he was like going up some stairs or something like that, and you know, to one of those overheads that they have in Vegas. And she snatched the uh, the glasses off his face and said, "You're gonna pay me to get these back." So she basically held his glasses for ransom, and oh I forget the rest of the story. I don't remember if he if he paid her or just you know let the glasses go. But it was a pretty crazy situation that you know. There's crackheads everywhere in you know big cities or heroin addicts and these people are desperate and they will do desperate things. So if you if you look vulnerable, then you're more likely to be taken advantage of. You know, if you look weak, if you don't stand up straight, 
you know, there's certain signals that you can send as an individual that you're a little bit more of a harder target than somebody else that will make a potential criminal think they should not go with you. Uh, they should not choose you as their mark. So those are things you may want to consider when going into unfamiliar territory. But for the most part, I mean, basically, if you're going to Anarchapulco, you're going to the airport in, in Acapulco, which is like one of the smallest airports you'll go to. It is a very, very small, like the city itself is fairly large. I mean, as far as population is concerned, but the airport, it's tiny. And so, you know, you get a cab from the airport. In fact, probably, um, I don't remember if the hotel has like hotel vans or whatever, but we always just took a cab uh, to uh, to the hotel and then, then you're on the resort property. You can just hang out there for the whole week or you can take it, you know take a walk into the city and explore i mean i never at any point felt like i was in any kind of danger but i don't you know whenever i go to other places i don't live into that reality like oh my god there's criminals everywhere and like oh am i gonna get abducted yeah i don't you know just don't think about those things interesting and i read that um there's like a growing libertarian anarchist community in acapulco is that right no i doubt it Um, i mean they can waste their time if they want though yeah the (laughs) there there have been some anarchist types who've moved to acapulco over the last couple of decades but those are like get away from civilization and be alone and left alone types right? right yeah those are people who just want to get away from the united states and i don't blame them right like if you've had it to you you know you don't want to try new hampshire and you just want to get out of the u.s Acapulco's as good as anywhere else to get lost uh, if that's what you want to do but you know you're not going to have any effect on anything there's no chance that Acapulco is going to get more free uh, just because you're going to a club or something once in a while with some other anarchists and hanging out and of course anarchists have drama just like every other group so I've heard the stories about what's happened in uh, in Acapulco and so of course there have been schisms and there have been arguments and people cheating on each other and that whole deal Hour 3 is coming up thanks Dominic there's more on the way Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want here. The number is 603-283-6160 as we kick off the third hour of the program with you tonight. It's Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. 603-283-6160. At the very beginning of the show, we did start by playing a clip and we never got more than like 10 seconds into it. So I want to play the rest of it from uh, Sesame Street characters appearing on news media, in this case CNN. I, should, I guess I should say 
news media. I'm putting the uh, air quotes around CNN. Straight up, basically, propaganda. Uh, But we'll tell you more about that when we get the chance. We're going back to your phone calls and thoughts. We've got John. He's calling us from Arizona and and listening to us on KTOX. Uh, Go ahead, John. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Bonnie, and Aria. Oh, Aria, Bonnie, and Ian. How the heck are you? Good. What's on your mind tonight, John? Um... Well, I have a question about uh, cryptocurrency. Okay. Uh, maybe not just crypto, but um, NFTs and also gas prices, because I'm not really sure about gas prices. Okay. And no one's able to explain it to me. Uh, well, let's explain some of the terminology here before we move on. NFT stands for a non-fungible token. That means an original thing that it, only one of these things exists for the, the thing in question, whether it be a graphic or a, a piece of music or a piece of artwork or whatever. Mm-hmm. This NFT is sold as the one collectible thing that somebody can buy, and so they get bid up, in some cases bid up to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of cryptocurrency and the other thing you were asking about is gas prices that's a cutesy name for fees in the ethereum (laughs) block right well said bonnie that's exactly what they are and i can't even explain them to you either and i've used ethereum before depending on you i find it very confusing (laughs) they have not only do they have gas prices but there's some number called gwei g-w-e-i and i don't know what that is in relation to the gas price i just know that ethereum is really expensive and yeah. it costs a lot of money. Like Ethereum has is now and has been for quite a while been more expensive to transact on than Bitcoin. And Bitcoin used to be like the expensive one in 2017. Uh, I'll pull up a, yeah. a chart of what the Ethereum fees are, but they are nutso. So Ridiculous. why do you ask? Ridiculous. Why do you ask though? Well, I I'm interested in NFTs, and I was also I was asking my nephew who knows a lot about, um, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Ethereum? Mm-hmm. Ethereum? And, and when he wants to move things, the gas prices are ridiculous. Yep. And trying to purchase an NFT... Why are you trying to purchase an prices. NFT? Well, because I, I, I like a, a company that has an NFT, and I just think I'd want to be part of it in a small way, not in a huge way, not spending a lot of money, but it seems like... You know, if you buy an NFT, it's, like you said, they're very expensive. Well, I, I'm sure you can get some that are cheap. I've never looked at the marketplace. It's Obviously, you're only going to hear about the news about the ones that are record-setting, but there's probably millions of these things out there, and I imagine there's a yeah. range of, of prices well, on there's it. There's companies that are also, like, there's, I, there's legitimate companies that are also going into, like, you know, everything. everything's a verse right now. So it's like the metaverse and like everything's a verse and with verses come nfts can you not just buy shares of this company oh yeah um well you know they're all from china so who knows i don't know by the way the uh Uh, the median ethereum uh, transaction fee to send just simply send some Ethereum yeah. from one person to another. This is not what the fee would be yeah. if you needed to interact with like a contract, which requires you know more computing power. Because for listeners that don't know, one of the key differences between the Bitcoin network and the Ethereum network, we're talking about the number one and number two uh, cryptocurrencies by market cap here. The difference is Ethereum is a processor. It can do run code, basically. Bitcoin's just 
send value from one person to the next. There's really not much else. I mean, there's a few other things you can do with it, but there's not a whole lot. Ethereum can do a lot more as far as smart contracts are concerned. But the more code that you're, you know, you're asking the system to run, the more you got to pay gas for. And so that's what my nephew says. Yeah. So but just like, the median for the median transaction fee on Ethereum right now is over twenty five dollars. The average fee is fifty dollars. Oh my goodness. I would suggest, though, that if you don't know what gas fees are, you probably shouldn't be buying NFTs. Well, I'm not. That's why I would first go to somebody that actually knows. Yeah. Like you guys. <laughs> and that's why I'm calling. But, so, like, I mean, what kind of NFT do you want? Is it like some music? Is it a graphic? I mean, what is it that's yeah, attracting you to this? It's a, it's, a, it's a graphic. And you can also use it as an um, emote um, or an emoji. Uh and is what's the attraction of you to this graphic as an NFT? Because so for listeners again unfamiliar, NFT is a collectible in theory. It's a digital yeah. collectible, right? Yeah, but like, you can use this emoji without having ownership of the NFT, right? Correct. Yeah, it, because it's yeah, a graphic, absolutely. you can just hit screen cap and then you know copy it, okay. and now you've got sure. the exact same yeah. graphic that you can use anywhere you want. Uh, and you just aren't the quote-unquote owner of the NFT, of which is fine because I don't believe in intellectual property anyway. Like, what do you think that that gives you clout? Okay. Like, if you have if you have a graphic on your profile, do you think that anyone will care that you paid twenty thousand dollars for it? Well, first of all, I would never pay twenty thousand dollars for anything. Okay. Like, like that. Two hundred dollars. Do you think anyone I, I, would no, care? I won't, I won't pay two hundred dollars for it. Well, with the regardless with the, of the, the price point, do you think three hundred dollars? I mean, is this about status? No, no. I think, well, when it comes to the NFT that I'm talking about, it's about just supporting a company that you believe in. And okay. they're going into a verse where, they, no, this is the next level to what they're, they're doing. Okay, so can they send them some Bitcoin it, then? They like should create a token it. instead of these worthless NFTs well, like for their supporters. Too. That's next. You should yeah. wait for the next token. Phase, well, but I, I see what he's saying, right? Like... If you if this company's doing this sale, they're raising money, right? So they're offering this this quote unquote unique thing, this NFT yeah. that you would yeah. own this thing. Yeah, and but you could, if the sole reason he wants to do this is to support the company, then just send the company some Bitcoin or some Ethereum or something. But it's the reason why Aria, well, when I you join, them. I, I like I I purchased products from them, so like I do support them in that way. But I think they're going on to another level, which I might be older and not know about a lot of the things that are going on for the future. You know, like I might not understand what, like I don't understand what a bit, uh, an NFT is and, uh, or, you know, or a lot of things, but I would like to, you know, think I would like to get on in on it a little earlier if it, if it does go to something that I couldn't acquire later on. Like when somebody, but when we were talking about PBS earlier, right? When they do their fundraising marathons, it's like, oh, if you join our channel, you know, if you donate over $50, we'll give you this tote bag. If you donate over $100, yeah. we'll give you this book autographed by this guy that was on the show or whatever. Like, so people want to have an incentive to support. It's nice to, you know, to give somebody yeah. something. So I get why people do that. I um, would just say since he's asking for our opinions it's not financial advice from me but right. i would say wait for the token because that could be that seems like something that could be actually like valuable it could go up over time and it's not a it's, it's not something that you 
would have to curate. You would just have tokens and then you yeah, can trade those tokens. People kind of seem to think that NFTs are just the same as like a coin or a token. And I would say, wait for the token. I mean, I don't know this company or if it's going to go up. It might go down, but I feel like it has more potential than an NFT. I think NFTs are just a craze. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think NFTs are going to drop off the radar at some point, just like the Crypto Kitties did. Uh, that was one of the crazes from, I don't know, 2017 or 2018. And I'm well, sure they still isn't, exist. Isn't, but... um, isn't an NFT like crypto, in a sense? I mean, isn't it valued like crypto? It is crypto. An NFT. And thank, yeah. you, for, thank you for the call tonight, John. I appreciate Wait, it. But it's not crypto. An NFT isn't crypto. It's just that, that you yeah, can buy it with crypto, right? No, the NFT itself is a crypto token that is is uh, non fungible, meaning that it is unique. It is one thing that is special. It's identifiable. I and that's just it's and exists it's on a blockchain. A, I mean, it's document. That's just it's. This is this is your piece of paper that you get with your collectible. It says it's collectible. The actual NFT isn't a crypto. It's on a. To- it's on. It's a token on a blockchain. And that's what the it's not a piece of paper. It's no, the, it's the digital equivalent. The of token that. on the blockchain isn't the NFT. It's the yes, it is. It's, it's the, the non fungible token. Is as I understand it, it's on a blockchain and it references the artwork or the the music or whatever in some sort of a electronic exactly. So the manner. artwork isn't the. There's more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. And bring up whatever happens to be on your mind. Coming up, uh, the Sesame Street characters are pimping the vaccine on national media. Not just their own channel. Not just their own show. And considering that they are creations of the federal government, as you pointed out, and their show is on an organization that is funded by the federal government. They mm-hmm. are propagandists That's acting on behalf of the federal government. CNN is like, hey, come spew your propaganda for us so yeah. we don't have to spew it for you. And they had them on before, by the way. There was, uh, I remember last year there was some clip of Elmo being interviewed by somebody on CNN. I think it was actually Sanjay Gupta, who I believe is in this interview as well with a couple of different, few, I think three different characters from Sesame Street. I want to make sure I understand this. You're telling me that a supposed serious journalist interviewed Sesame Street characters. And doctor. Sanjay Gupta is a doctor. It's their doctor. They're like go-to talking head on CNN. He's like their staff doctor, basically. How can he sleep at night? Oh, he's straight up a propagandist for the uh, for the regime. I mean, he's been he actually appeared on Joe Rogan, I think, to try to debate with him or something like that. I, I just can't imagine, you know, thinking of myself as a journalist and a doctor, and then they're here the highlight of your career is interviewing fictional characters. That's what happened. We can t- uh, share that with you coming up here, 603-283-6160. But just because we were in the middle of a conversation about these NFTs, somebody had called in. It stands for non-fungible token. And, you know, maybe it's because I'm in my 40s, you know, but I just feel like this is one of the dumbest things that has come across uh, cryptocurrency. There's There's a whole range of dumb stuff out there on the Internet, but the whole idea of claiming ownership over a 
original JPEG or image or piece of music or whatever out there that can easily be copied a million times because when you copy something online, the original copy doesn't lose anything, right? Like when, right. like back in the old days when there was cassette tapes, the more you, uh, the more you copied them, the, the there was something called the generation effect where you know if you copied one cassette tape to another cassette tape and then took the copy and made a copy from that one and made a copy from that one, it would actually it would degenerate over time. It would get mm, worse, sure. um, and uh, that that doesn't apply in the world of digital. So yeah, basically, when you own an NFT, it's not like you own the you, the only copy of the artwork, unless that's part of the deal where they just only release it to you and you can decide what to do with it. Which is what um, a, a director, the director of Clerks, is going to do. He's just going to not release it at all until he gives it to this person. But that's different. That's for sure. different. That's but, unusual. But still, the NFT that he's giving him is just the certificate of authenticity. Correct. The actual artwork isn't the NFT. That's right. The artwork itself is not the NFT. The NFT is a token on a crypto uh, on a cryptocurrency network called Ethereum. And that token is unique, meaning non-fungible. That means it can't be exchanged for other tokens that are the exact same. There's only one of them. And so that's what you're paying for with this artwork. Because, again, the artwork can be copied a million times. Right now, you can go to the NFT websites where these things are being sold. And screenshot them And take screenshots phone. of everything. You know? I mean, people like talking about the Dutch tulip craze and mm-hmm. Bitcoin and all of that. But if you ever wanted to see it in action, it is the NFT thing. I mean, mm-hmm. there is absolutely no real market driving force behind this. It's just a bunch of idiots throwing money at it because they have money to throw at it. Well, here's another interesting thing is there's actually a lot of fakery going on with these NFT prices. What'll what'll happen is a term that I learned uh, called, I think it's called wash trading. So... Let's say you're a dishonest person, and there are plenty of people out there in you know, the internet because they get anonymity, so they can be dishonest, uh, and you want to pump up the price of the NFTs that you're selling. Well, what you can do is, if you have a fair amount of, of crypto already, and you have an NFT for sale or, or whatever, then you basically can buy your own NFT, and this is common in auction houses. Yeah, and then buy it again and buy it again and push the price up and up and up. And that way it looks like, oh my God, this NFT sold for a million dollars worth of Ethereum. When in reality, it was just you buying your own thing so you could fake the, that this was actually, there was a market for this. I bet that's what happened with all those stupid pictures of rocks. It could have been. I don't know. Some people have looked into it, though. Like, they've traced the Ethereum. Because remember, these these are public networks. And they found out that, oh, this Ethereum that bought this picture of the rock actually came from the same wallet that this other one did or whatever, right? Like, they've actually uh, analyzed the blockchain to see that there's some, some real scummy stuff going on there. So how many of these things are really selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars? Well, maybe what happens is... Somebody pumps their price up, and then some real sucker comes in. And is like, oh my god, this monkey is selling for, uh, you know, keeps going up in price. I better get it now because it'll double in price. Well, it, the only reason it was doubling in price was because somebody was making it look like it was doubling in price. Yeah, and that would be wasn't. easy to do. They're only out the Ethereum gas fees, but if they've got two or three million dollars of cryptocurrency, they're they're not going to balk at a twenty five dollar gas fee to. Right artificially drive up the price of their thing to four or five hundred thousand dollars ethereum is also or yesterday at least hit its all-time high as well as bitcoin so yeah that's right ethereum actually hit its all-time high before bitcoin hit a new all-time high today uh just before the show of over sixty seven thousand seven hundred dollars 
So big times, big monies out there hit over three trillion dollars, not Bitcoin, but the whole of all cryptocurrencies value together. I mean, three trillion. That, mean, that must mean, though, since Bitcoin represents like 41 percent of the total market cap, that Bitcoin itself now has a it's over a trillion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty awesome. interesting go Bitcoin. stuff. Yeah, go go Bitcoin, go crypto. I mean, uh, Bitcoin's got its issues, but I still love seeing things like this happen because ultimately the more money, the more value that gets poured into cryptocurrency, the better off we're all going to be. Uh, because the, at least those of us who are holding on to, uh, to cryptocurrency, and if you're not doing that yet, you may want to consider going to, uh, there's a cool little website all about Bitcoin dollar cost averaging. If you look it up on, you know, put it into a search engine, dollar cost average Bitcoin, it's got this little calculator that you can put in numbers into. So let's say you can afford to spend 50 bucks a week on cryptocurrency and specifically Bitcoin. It'll allow you to put in that number and then you can put in like the number of weeks back that let's just in theory, let's say you had spent $50 a week on Bitcoin for the last 20 weeks or whatever the last 50 weeks or the last you put in the numbers right and it'll tell you how you're in what how much you'd invested and what that investment would be worth today had you kept consistent at it like doesn't matter what the price is you just buy 50 dollars. but so many people are just waiting on the price to go down and they're like you know what i'm starting to think the price is i'm starting to think there's not going to be a cryptocurrency crash no there's going to be a usd crash you idiot like it's crashing been saying right now. for 18 months it's mm-hmm. in the middle of crashing we're in the we're in the usd crash bitcoin isn't at an all-time high the usd is at an all-time low and it well, just so happens that we yes but it just so happens that we generally measure bitcoin in usd because that's the currency that most people are familiar with right well and also other currencies are also scraping the bottom of the barrel as well so it's it's not just the us dollar it's every central bank currency on the planet they've all been inflating there are i, I saw some number it was like 29 trillion i'm sure it's more than that because it was a couple months ago that i saw that but like looking at the amount of money printing happening with the Japanese yen and the you know the Canadian dollar and the Venezuelan boulevard and like all of these central banks factored together, it's a ton of money that they're just pouring into the world economies. It's a totally a race to the bottom. And cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin are, well, the best way out in my opinion. Share your thoughts. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything here. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Here with you tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. Uh, of course, you're invited to join us online as well over at freetalklive.com. We've got a chat server. It is a matrix chat server. That means it's open source, it's self-hosted, and it's federated. Uh, kind of like our Mastodon, but... This is all for chat, and there are various different rooms. There's maybe, I don't know, eight or ten that are 
quote-unquote official, meaning that I created them when I launched the server. And then the other few dozen rooms that I can see, there's public rooms and there's private rooms. I don't even know how many private rooms there are. Uh, but the, the the public ones, they're all created by listeners like you. Yeah, so if there's a room that you want or a topic that you want discussed that you want to have administrative control over, you can just create that. You want it uh, private or public, it's up to you. You want it encrypted or not encrypted, your choice as the uh, the administrator there. So check out our chat server. Just go to chat.freetalklive.com and you can do that there. That's chat.freetalklive.com. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts We've got CW. He's on the line listening to K-Tox in Arizona. Go ahead, CW. Hey, fellas and hey. ladies. What's on your hey, mind? Um, oh, the stupid uh, Sesame Street, man. They're just uh, propaganda machines indoctrinating our kids. You know, the damn viewership on that stupid show. They just want to turn everybody into sheep, bro. Come on, Dr. Sanjay Gupta trying to spread his stupid propaganda after he was on Joe Rogan. You know the people that listen or that watch Sesame Street have never heard Joe Rogan in their life. And, and Sanjay Gupta even admitted that he was a freaking idiot for saying anything negative about, about ivermectin. But you know what? Then he turns around and goes on to Sesame Street and says, oh, no, get the vaccine. Blah, blah, blah. It's just propaganda, yeah. man. Well, I've actually, I want to play the clip here, if you don't mind, CW. So just hang no hang problem. on the line here, because we, we only got through like eight seconds of it before. And I'm just going to start from, this, from the beginning, because it's, you know, it's been two hours. Uh, so we've got new listeners out there. So here's a clip of uh, Sesame Street characters. One of them... Who I'm not familiar with apparently is named Rosita. So yeah, they the have teal one. Uh, yeah, they have like a Hispanic uh, character here who is again these are Muppets. She's uh, a teal Muppet. So here is her here's the clip. She has gotten her first COVID nineteen vaccine dose and she's inter- being interviewed by two CNN hosts. Here it is. Do I have a boo-boo? Oh, oh, honey, no, I made this is from my COVID vaccine. My mommy and my papi took me to get it this morning. Rosita, that's great. Getting the COVID vaccine is a great way to stay healthy. See, my mommy and my papi said that it will help keep me, my friends, my neighbors, my abuela all healthy. Your parents are... They lied to you. I can't help but feel like this is racist, man. Like, (laughs) it just sounds racist. Well, Well, she's always the same character. There's nothing racist of, you know, somebody has an accent. But it is like they... Uh, like Joe Biden said that they're going to do they're you know they want to target specifically minorities to get that's the, true they because that. because he believes that uh, minorities don't know how to use the internet <laughs> he so. specifically believes black people don't know how to use the internet they don't know how to how to get online yeah direct quote from the president he really oh, did say hey, that hey they're turning us all into sheep hey eh? come on hey eh? get the vaccine hey eh? come on <laughs> no no these 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 people are garbage propaganda machines nobody needs to listen to these freaking fools if you listen to the actual joe rogan program where he had sanjay gupta on sanjay admitted that cnn is wrong and they're garbage and then sanjay goes back on to cnn and says oh no it's it's horse dewormer man screw you you well, he needs punk, to get a bro. paycheck, apparently. Thank you, CW, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, so that's the, And he's one of the guys, Sanjay Gupta is one of the people that's that's interviewing the uh, the characters here. 
But the the I realize why I think it sounded racist mm-hmm. because it sounds inexplicably like Eric Cartman of South Park when he had the little J Lo thing J-Lo? on his hand. Oh, really? Yes, what, almost the was exact. Was he being racist in yeah, that scene? Of course he was. He's <laughs> Eric Cartman, but it's almost the exact same cadence and mm-hmm. accent that Eric Cartman was using. Yeah, I mean, they're talking to parents, right? They want parents to believe the propaganda. They want parents to take their 5 to 11-year-old children to get them this experimental uh, mRNA vaccine or the Johnson & Johnson. Either, either way, we're seeing you know some, some interesting examples from uh, people in the nursing system, the hospital system, saying that there's a very like, you know, high likelihood these things are causing blood clots uh, in the adults that have been taking them. And now they want children... To take these things who have zero chance of dying from COVID, even if they were to contract COVID, the odds that children would die from COVID are like infinitesimally small. It basically doesn't happen. They have a 99.999996% chance of surviving. So take this questionable uh, vaccine that, you know, has only been used for less than a year and we have absolutely zero, near to zero track record as far as long-term exposure. Yeah, let's just put that into kids' bodies. That's what Sesame Street is pimping here. Let me continue with the clip. Is my abuela all healthy? Your parents are absolutely right. You know, COVID vaccines are now available for children five years and older. And the more people who get them, the better we're going to be able to help stop the spread of COVID. But that's a lie. It, it is 100% a lie. It doesn't help stop the spread of COVID at all because you can still get and spread COVID-19 despite being vaccinated. In fact, the recent study showed that, and this is getting mainstream media. I mean, this is not some sort of obscure media that I'm pulling here. This is mainstream media is even admitting that there's, there's recent studies showing that vaccinated people are just as likely to transmit covid inside a home to unvaccinated or as unvaccinated people. So, like, it absolutely does nothing whatsoever to stop people from catching COVID, from what I can tell. And it doesn't seem to prevent them from being hospitalized or dying either. If they were likely to die of COVID-19, like 80-something-year-old Colin Powell, it doesn't seem to to make a difference whether they're vaccinated or not. Right. And really, all they have is the belief that's all they have is there's just this belief because of propaganda like this that, oh, well, if you get COVID while you're vaccinated, you'll be more likely to survive it, even though there's no way to actually prove that claim. Let me go on. There's just a few seconds left. And keep everyone healthy. Okay. I guess that was it. That was on There was like five more seconds, but uh, the rest of it's silent. So uh, just straight up propaganda. That's what this is. That's what the Sesame Street characters, that's what they've been doing for a long time. It's just this is their most recent iteration of that. I just don't understand how the media can say things like, hey, look, it turns out you can still get and spread COVID-19. You can still get hospitalized with it. You can still die from it. And at the same time, spew garbage like this. And the average American doesn't just go, wait a minute. Didn't you just say? Something is wrong here. Yeah. Let's go on here. Kadu is on the line in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kadu. Uh, in in Connecticut. Oh, sorry. But, um, that's okay. But uh, first of all, this is very disturbing. Uh, it's uh, extremely creepy. I used to be a big fan of Big Bird. I can't say that I like Big Bird like I used to after after this stuff. Mm. But um, what I wanted to talk about was um, I'm, I'm Facebook friends with Aria, and uh, she recently posted a video with Mark Edge, 
Uh, and I think he was like seven years old, but he stormed out swearing and he was angry. <laughs> and, 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 and Ian, you were like, you were like, okay, you're out of control, man. Chill out. And then he, he was able to shut up after that and he kind of left, but he seemed pretty pissed off. And all I was wondering was, uh, what was the context of that? What was going on there? Dude, that oh, yeah. is for sure one of my favorite clips of Free Talk Live. Yeah. Uh, the context real fast was he was criticizing Rich Paul, who we now know is nobody because he changed his name, but he was criticizing then Rich Paul uh, because he didn't believe that what Rich did, which was take a case to trial over selling weed here in Keene. He was busted for selling weed by the FBI and local police, and they tried to get him to wear a wire into the Keene Activist Center, and he refused to, and he refused to take a plea deal, and he went to trial. And I was arguing that that was activism. And Mark right, you was said in the that clip that, that um, anytime someone doesn't take the plea deal, that's, that's a activism. form of activism. Yeah, and Mark was saying that that was not activism because he was just trying to make money by selling weed. And I was trying to clarify that, no, it was because he went to trial is what turned selling weed into activism when he did that. And Mark got really angry about it when I cut his microphone off. Um, and then he flipped out and said the F word on broadcast radio in a very unprofessional manner. Thanks, Kadu, for the call. More coming up. Talk Live. If you want to join us here, now is the time for tonight. Although we're here every single night, seven nights a week. We're live 7 to 10 at night Eastern Time. You can join us anytime you want online as well over at freetalklive.com. And by the way, I want to do say I uh, want to say thank you to Craig Thomas, who is a silver member of our new Free Talk Live Amps Patreon. You can join it. As a few dozen of our listeners have done, we haven't transitioned everybody over from the old AMP system quite yet, uh, but thank you to everyone who has made the move over to our new Patreon. You can join it over at amps.freetalklive.com. That'll take you there, give you a list of the you know some of the benefits and the perks that you get access to as a uh, new AMPS member, and uh, Craig is one of those. He's a silver, which means that he's contributing five bucks a month to the new AMPS program over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. It's Ian Bonnie and Aria in the studio tonight. Of course, you can bring up anything that you want. We go to Thomas calling from Keene, New Hampshire, from uh, the jail paper in Keene. Go ahead, Thomas. Good evening, folks. I'm very happy to be on this radio station, and thank you for having me. Sure. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, this evening, you know, I was, I don't know if it's been mentioned, but uh, I just got out of jail on this morning on a contempt charge for a violation of a court order that allegedly took place five hours after it was actually signed to be dismissed. But I'm currently on a gag order. So hold on, hold on a second. So you were on a uh, restraining order that was dismissed, but what, the police didn't didn't get the notice that the order was dismissed, so they went ahead and arrested you on it for allegedly violating the said dismissed order? I can't get into details, but yes, that's exactly it. And (laughs) the uh, actual thing in open court that they had today... The, in the state of New Hampshire, they use sergeants and other police officers, including police chiefs like David Ellis, to prosecute cases. This guy mm-hmm. actually filed charges with an obscure case law that he had to look up for in the event that there was actually terms and conditions in place. The time of the alleged offense of the judges even seen on TikTok took place five hours after it was already signed as a dismissal. They've mischarged me. But unfortunately, my So they're claiming you violated a restraining order on TikTok? Yes, 
a TikTok 10 second video about a boy that was sleeping outside the local homeless shelter of me stealing his bicycle. It's pretty ridiculous. But the alleged victim who's a sex Hold on a second. Like, oh, slow down. I'm trying to so follow. So there is a video of you stealing this boy's bicycle? I can produce it on YouTube, but at the moment, Barney, they shut down my TikTok account. But wait, so you actually stole a dude's bicycle? Well, it was a friendly stealing. This same individual has also been friendly kidnapped by me as well. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, there's a... Hold on. How does, how does one friendly kidnap and or friendly steal something from someone? Well, what it is, is you're friends with people and you, you politely persuade them and coerce them to come with you. It's kind of a friendly kidnapping. Um, I have been accused, generally, I the word coercion... Hold on, Thomas. Generally, the word coercion means force... There's usually you're against someone's will in that case, and you don't match the word friendly with coerce. Can and now, you, are these like friends who are agreeing to do videos with you? They're agreeing to do like like some stuff, but allegedly in one of these orders, I, I kidnap people and I actually pay judges in an insane live video from one of my you know accusers. They actually say that not only do I kidnap people, but I also pay off judges and police officers. Okay, so there's so hold on. What you're saying is someone is alleging that you have kidnapped them, and you're saying you did it in a friendly manner. But hold on, if you yeah. were actually kidnapping someone, wouldn't they arrest you for kidnapping? I would think so. I would definitely think so. But I I've been slapped with yet another restraining order this evening by a woman that claims that I had a love affair with her, that I gave her an evil stare in the elevator after getting out of jail. Oh my and goodness! Now trying to get me evicted from my apartment. It's kind of funny, but I'm going to send you the paperwork to your to your email. It's kind of ridiculous. That's but silly. Take me through the process in- of a friendly kidnapping. I just want to know what this. Oh. What are they alleging you did, or what? I, it's still very confusing to me what you're so what in you're this saying. Young man circumstance in open court. The sex offender named John Doe, that I can't mention his name because of a gag order, mm-hmm. John Doe claims in a video that you'll see sex offender versus the jail paper that I was looking to kidnap him. When in reality, there's a young man that's now living at my house that was homeless for four months in front of a local homeless shelter on her nights, and I literally go up to him and tell him I'm kidnapping him. The sex offender said that I have a violent tendency to force people against their wills things that they don't want to do. So it was it's a joke is what you're saying. It, what, you weren't actually kidnapping anyone. You wouldn't no. have forced him? No, another accuser says that I believe that my bunny talks to me. These people are not playing with a Voltec. Believe that who talks to you? So the homeless person who's been living with you for a four months, or the formerly homeless person, Mm -hmm. what do they have to say about you kidnapping them? They're okay with it. I mean, they're making faces at me now in the other room, but... (laughs) Hold on. Are they tied up? Let's just clarify something. Are they tied up in the other room, or could they walk out the front door if they wanted to? They could, but they know there's consequences because the rabbit. He's really the one that runs the show. The, the rabbit? rabbit? Is the it rabbit. a puka? Allegedly, I've made videos, guys, in a dramatist way about a rabbit taking over my jail paper. Apparently, there's a few people out there with stalker petitions that actually believe that the rabbit talks. <laughs> Not only does he talk, but I listen to him. I think I might be believing I feel like I'm going down the rabbit hole with this, with this phone call. Well, yeah. thing I need to know so much more, you, though. Is, so are, yeah, the last thing I'll tell you, area specifically, I did get in trouble for writing "vote area" in big letters. I was get, I'm mm. going to get. I this was with chalk downtown. You were writing with chalk. Yes. On election day. All really? Because of Jody, I, w- I would have written you in, but I didn't know you were running. What was the question you had, Aria, for Thomas? Uh, the, these people who, I mean, the, the guy who said, uh, you know, he's free to leave, but he 
knows there are consequences. Is that a serious statement or are you just joking? No, no that's a serious statement. Of course I'm joking. I just find him and coerce him to come back. I'm desperate for friends. It's terrible. The rabbit makes me do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put an affirmative of, you know, defense that I was totally insane because the rabbit controlled my mind. Like son of Sam, but with a rabbit. It's a totally new twist. Thomas, thanks for the call tonight. Definitely Thank appreciate me. hearing from you. I need a treat. Yeah. Have you guys seen the black and white movie Harvey? I have not. No. It's about a thing called a fuca, which is a really old like legend of a rabbit like the size of a man that appears to only like one person that they can uh, only one person can see and hear this rabbit. It's called a fuca. It's an old legend. It's like lots of people have claimed to have fucas. You think that's what's going on with Thomas? Maybe. And Harvey is a great movie. All right. So uh, to contrast what we heard from the Sesame Street characters, I have this clip of a 93-year-old Holocaust survivor and what she thinks about what's going on in the world with uh, the COVID situation. Guys, we have a 93-year-old Holocaust survivor. Hi, my beauty. Thank you very much. Uh, I am, in fact, a survivor of the Holocaust. And the first thing I have to tell you, that even then nobody told us it was done for our own good. We all knew what was happening. And when I think today, when I see people march, I think of the yellow star, which gave everybody liberty to aggress me, to, to insult me, to call me a carrier of disease, oh, my love. to spit on me even. I love you. I would like to tell you that this is worse. It is more insidious, it concerns more people, it is, it is, there is a hypocrisy in the public narrative that is absolutely unbearable to say that we're doing this to protect the old. I would love to die in a state that gives me freedom than live in here. I have already outstayed my welcome by many years, and my life expectancy is probably not great, but I would gladly exchange this for the lives and livelihoods and happiness of generations that come after me to live their lives as I have been. To to have masks to see people defile their children with masks is is something totally unbearable to me. What do you what what can you say to argue with a Holocaust survivor? You know, and, I mean she's right that there was no nonsense from the Nazis about how they were doing this. You know, for the Jews' own good, mm-hmm. and that does make what we're seeing today. If if it's not as consequential, it's at least more insidious, at least at this time. The Nazis didn't start with the concentration camps either. They did not. That came later. Uh, very interesting opinion, and I'm glad we got a chance to put that out there. I'm just going to leave it sitting there because... Uh, Between that and the about. rabbit thing, my brain's fried it's now. something to think <laughs> about for sure. Uh, out of time for tonight, but we'll be back tomorrow. You can join us online in the meantime. And grab archives and more over at freetalklive.com.
On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on doing the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. 